if you can do something that is for the greater good, then your lives are, are going to be more, more fulfilled and more complete. I am unwilling to give up that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everybody. It's uh, Kara Golden, and I'm here today with my friend, Paula Schneider, who is the president and CEO of Susan G. Komen. And I'm so excited to have you here today, Paula, to really just chat with all of us during the month of October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And more than anything, just wanted to have a conversation with you and and really share your wealth of your working on at Susan G. Komen and all the great stuff that's going on. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And it's lovely to see you. Yeah, you too. You too. Sorry about my dog's background. Okay. That's What's your dog's name? Oh, well, which one? I have three. And you have three dogs? Happen. Yeah, I have Cooper, Bugsy, and Chanel. Cooper is the one that usually sits in here all day with me. But I thought it would be quieter if I made him go, but evidently not. So we'll just deal with it. Sorry, That's Dad. Okay. It's life, right? So anyway, so tell us a little bit about you, Paula, and how you got to Susan G. Komen, because you're you're not brand new to the organization, but you're fairly new. Three years um, now, so I can't say new anymore. And you know what's funny, Kara, and you don't know this, the day that I actually met you was the day that I made the decision to, yeah, we met, I was in retail for many, many years and in, in my whole, whole career. And I was, let me see, I was being honored as one of the top female CEOs for retailers in, in the country at, at this World Women in Retail Summit. And that's where you were speaking and I was speaking. And that morning, literally, I, I sat with a friend of mine and I, I said to her, I don't know how much longer I want to do this because I, I really want to do something that is more meaningful to me. And I'm a breast cancer survivor. And, you know, so we, we literally had that conversation at breakfast I got up to give my speech and, and, you know, you're supposed to give a speech. And of course it was a women's group and it was about empowerment. Right. And I was trying to bring it back to retail, but I had nothing. So I literally got up and I started talking about how I had the most, I was the most empowered when I was the least physically powerful while I was going through breast cancer treatment. And the reason being is because especially if you're used to being large and in charge and you know, doing things for everyone and running companies. And, you know, I run publicly traded companies and I was running one at the time and having to be able to succumb to something like this because you have no choice. And then being able to accept with grace that other people are there to help you and that you have the support system. Luckily I did. And so I gave my speech and it was very much from the heart. And then I sat back down, not at my table that I had rented with all of my people, but back down with my friend because we hadn't had much time and I wanted to have a little more time with her that day, which was another sort of unusual thing. And she said to me, okay, while you were up there speaking, a friend of mine who's a recruiter in Dallas sent me this note and they're looking for a new CEO, Susan G. Komen. Would you ever be interested in that? And I said, yes, I would. 
And it was literally that day um, she said, oh, okay, well, if you're, you'd really be interested, let me, I'm going to tell them I have found you. Now, I had zero background in, in philanthropy, but, you know, my mom had died of breast cancer. I had had breast cancer. I have two daughters, so it was kind of enough said. And I literally, that, that, was, that was Thursday. On Friday, I went, went out to breakfast with my husband and said, what do you think? And he said, what do you think? And I said, I'd like to go for it. And he said, then I think you should go for it. And I said, well, it requires us moving from LA to Dallas. It's, I mean, there's lots of changes that go with this. And I said, and I'd have to quit my job on Monday. And he said, you don't even have an interview. And I said, it doesn't really matter because if I'm running a publicly traded company, I can't actively interview for anything because that's not fair to the shareholders and stakeholders in that company. Right. But I can make an exit plan and I can leave. And, and you know, it was not so quick that, you know, it happened. They actually brought me down to Dallas three times in the summer. And if, the, if anything would stop you from taking a job in Dallas, that would be it. But this one was meaningful for me. So I moved there and, and you know, now because we're completely virtual, I'm back in L.A. doing my thing here. But, you know, it was uh, that was the day and I met you that same day. So, and what were you doing prior? You said that you had left your, your role. Yeah, I was, you know, I was living in LA and I had run most, most of the major fashion offices here. I was president of BCBG. I was president of Laundry by Shelly Siegel. I was president of, of the Warnica Swimwear Group, which had Speedo and majority of swimwear in the, in the country. And then I, you know, the most highest profile, I guess, was the bucket of crazy when I was the president of, or the CEO of um, American Apparel. And then I left after American Apparel and I tapped out and I, I went to, I was the CEO of uh, Seven for All Mankind and Splendid and Ella Moss, which was a little group. So most of the people that are women of our age group or younger have had something of mine in their closet for years. So I- how often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long 
long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, The Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. I hadn't been in philanthropy, but I had raised a lot of money because I was a survivor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in and then I worked in private equity. I sold company or I bought companies for a while in private equity. So I have, you know, sort of a varied background, but then I decided, okay, I'm going to go for this. And, you know, and I, but I remember distinctly telling the board, if you find somebody you think is going to be better than me, I think I'd be awesome. But if you find someone who you think is going to be better than me, go with them because this is so much more important to me personally than me just having a role in your organization. And, wow. you know, and I ended up with the role and it's been the best, best career move I've ever made. That's amazing. And so you really, I mean, that's interesting because I, I could see how that would be 
something that I would say, right? But it's, you know, because you're so passionate. Obviously, you've been through it. You want... I want no one else to go through it. Right. And you want the best person in that position. So that's amazing just thinking on it. And so what were like some of the challenges going into a nonprofit after, you know, you just hadn't, you had never done this before? Oh, oh my God. You know, and think about it, right? Because I had breast cancer, so I knew a bit about it. I knew a bit about my mom's breast cancer, but you know, I'm a lay person. I'm a businesswoman. I am not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. And now I am completely surrounded with doctors and scientists. And and we have a a rock star scientific advisory board that's made up of like the head of oncology at Stanford and and Vanderbilt and Sloan Kettering and, you know, like all of these places that are really, really super impressive people. And one of our chairs, our co-chairs is a a doctor that Dr. Sledge, who I adore, but, you know, at that point I just met him and we went out to dinner and he said during dinner, so Paula, you know, if you'd like, he's the sweetest man ever. If you'd like, I can give you a little tutelage on like, you know, all the verbiage and, and you know, the different terminology and breast cancer. And I, I thought to myself, okay, how do I answer this? And I said, to him, you know what, George, let me tell you how that would go. Okay. First of all, it'd be like me learning Chinese and then dealing with the highest end of the government, right? Because the, no one is going to take me seriously. They all know where I came from. I'm a fashion girl, fashion background, businesswoman, yeah, but not scientist. So why don't I do what I do really well, which is bring the best people in the room to get things done and work together, create a you know create the culture, and then you come with me to those meetings because you have the credibility that I will never have. And he went, okay, and we've made a really dynamic team doing that because you know I think it is you got to know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you don't have to be afraid of, and this is what I, I love about your story too, right? You don't have to be afraid of trying new things because, you know, you don't have to ask for permission for everything you do, because if you did, people would try and talk you out of it right and left. Totally. And I fundamentally think that, you know, if there was a rule book or sort of, this is exactly what you were supposed to do, this is the way that you were supposed to ultimately build it, then it would have already been done. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I think bringing in new ideas and, and people with different types of experience and people with passion, I often say passion trumps experience, yeah. right? Where, you know, that clearly is you and, and somebody who's really having an understanding, you know, for this illness too. And, and some yeah. of the challenges in business, right? Because, you know, when, when I first started there and I would say, oh, I would talk about it as if it were a business and they would say, no, no, you cannot say it's a business. And I'd say, you know what? It is a business. Money comes in, money goes out. You can't spend more than you make. You have to figure out how to make more. You know, so it's it's just different product yeah. that you are that you are marketing and that you're selling. Well, I think the partnership. So you know, just to share with the audience for those of you who don't know, I mean, Paula and I met as she was mentioning a few years back, but Hint actually came on as a proud sponsor of um, Susan G. Komen starting last year. We're in our second year where if you're buying a case of our breast cancer packs, either online or in stores, then we're giving money from each of those sales to actually research and and overall just supporting Susan G. Komen. And October is the Breast Cancer Awareness Month. You might not have been aware of that in case you haven't seen pink or ribbons or anything anywhere. Yeah. Well, I've done a few walks this month already, you know, in my 
area of Marin County. I have a few friends who are breast cancer survivors. And so I've, you know, really tried to support them as well. But I, I think that the interesting thing is, is that, you know, people get really, really excited that we're supporting you guys because yeah. many of them already liked Hint and we're drinking it. But as I always share with people, if you maybe you aren't affected by breast cancer, but we all know somebody who has either had it or has it in their family or friends. And I think it's just something that it's just, you know, pretty easy to go and yeah. you know, support not just Hint, but other products that are also supporting this initiative because it's so important. And also all of the things that you guys are doing at Susan G. Komen. So share a little bit about, you know, where some of that money goes towards, like, what are some of the stuff yeah. that you guys are doing? You know, it's when I came in here, you know, of course, I had seen the walks and runs before, right? And I was a breast cancer survivor. So I knew a little bit about it. But you know, I was I'm really amazed at the breadth and depth mm-hmm. of all of the things that that Komen does. And it's it's an amazing, amazing organization. So it's sort of a 360 view, right? So you, you have research, right? And research is the most important thing that's going to cure cancer. And then when people ask me, how are you going to cure cancer? I'm like, cash, cash cures cancer. Because in order to keep researchers working, they have to have the money to do it. It's not the most lucrative of professions. Let me tell you that. It's amazing how these people are so dedicated. And if we don't continue to fill the pipeline with people that are doing research on breast cancer, then you will not have the great part of what we do, which is research. And, you know, we we devote a lot of time in research into better understanding, like the recurrence of metastasis, right? Because you get, if you get breast cancer, you don't die from breast cancer. You die when it metastasizes most of the time, right? You know, it's when it spreads throughout your body. And, and that's when that's the cancer that kills. So we have literally pivoted almost all of our research dollars into the cancers that kill, which is metastatic breast cancer. So trying to figure out how do we stop it from spreading? How do we stop it from going into different parts of your body? And we've got all kinds of clinical, right now we have 254 research projects going, right? So there's a massive amount of information that's out there. Um, A recent clinical trial that we had was testing a new drug to see that we could help prevent recurrence and metastasis for what is called a hormone receptor positive HER2 negative patients, right? And that's a very common type of breast cancer. And the results were incredibly positive. That means it's promising for patients with that type of breast cancer and could prevent the breast cancer from coming back, which is what you want. I mean, you know, I have in the back of my head every day, I hope it never comes back, especially because I am hearing cases about people every single day that it's recurred. So you got to stop it from recurring. And, And I had a type of breast cancer that's called triple negative. And triple negative is is one of the most difficult to treat. And when I say that, you know, why it's called triple negative is because of the three things that it's not. It's not hormone related. So it's not progesterone or estrogen. estrogen. It's, and it doesn't make too much of the protein that is used for HER2. So if you think about it like a house, right? There's, they have, the doctors and researchers now have different keys for a lot of these types of breast cancer you know, which are the treatments and they're very effective, but triple negative is, doesn't have very many. The only thing it has is chemo or one of the few things that it has is chemo. So it's a really destructive type of cancer. And we are now working on an immunotherapy drug that is for triple negative breast cancer, which is pretty, pretty incredible because immunotherapy essentially teaches your body's immune system to use your natural defenses to fight diseases like cancer. And we know that the cures of breast cancer, there's a lot of excitement around immunotherapy. 
and whether the body can be taught to recognize and destroy the cancer cells that come back. So that for patients that have received this drug, it's the tumor shrunk so much that the doctors can't detect it anymore. And that's like really incredibly promising results. Wow. And of course, you know, I will tell you me personally, and this is Paula, not, you know, Paula Schneider friend. And then there's Paula CEO Komen that I, I think nutrition plays an incredible part in this. Mm-hmm. I was a huge hint fan before I met you, which is why when I went, oh, look, that's the woman that created Hint. And that's why I ran up to introduce myself. It wasn't because, you know, I was going to try and say, hey, we should do a partnership. It was literally because you were one of my favorite products, because I can't drink enough water unless it has a little flavor in it. And I know how important that is for staying healthy. So there's your plug. And it wasn't even asked for. And I'm just letting you know that it is real, right? That's very, very nice. And I feel like we, you know, we end up as you and I have shared over the years that we end up hearing from a lot of our hint customers that they've been challenged by breast cancer as well. And many of them have actually shared with us that hint has helped them get through chemotherapy and masking the metallic taste that they get when they're trying to get through it. And, you know, it's, it's something that I think a lot about, you know, when we're thinking about this company that we've built, that the idea that we're helping people not just drink water or, you know, potentially control a disease like type two diabetes, but also actually get through a challenge in their life that, you know, seems impossible. And then they drink, you know, a simple product like Hint. So it's something that, you know, for me, just is all part of our mission and and what really excites me when I think about, you know, founding a company like that, that helps so many people. But today, so many people, hopefully people that are listening are also, you know, challenged with either being a survivor and thinking about the same things that you mentioned, or just kind of getting through this, what words of encouragement would you send to those people just trying to, you know, really go through this super challenging time? Yeah, it, no matter what, it's challenging. And right now during the, the, you know, the COVID pandemic, it's even more challenging. I can't imagine getting a diagnosis now where you have to be really careful whether you who you see, your family and your support system right. and going into treatment and, you know, all of those things. It's very, very difficult. What I will say is right now that there's about a 50% decline, okay, in diagnosis of breast cancer. That does not mean that there is no diagnosis. That means people are not going to get their mammograms. So you got to do that, ladies, step up, it's time, because what could happen is if you did have a finding and you let it go till next year, I literally was one year in between mammograms and when I found mine, and it was extremely aggressive. If I had waited another six months, I wouldn't be here talking to you. You got to take the shot of making sure that you're going and getting your screenings, because that's, you know, the number one way to find it, because, you know, literally to have 50% less diagnosis means 50% less people are being treated, which means there's going to be a very big cancer boom. And we don't want that to happen. And the hospitals are some of the safest places that you can be right now because, you know, they, they, are, they are working it out because they don't want anyone to come in there and get sick either, but you got to go. So I think if you understand that and, you know, I also believe that, and I live in this sort of metaphysical space where I believe that you you have to stay positive and do the best you can. And I know, I mean, you know, I speak with women all the time that are like, yeah, I was the most positive person in the world and now I'm stage four metastatic. So tell me how I'm going to stay positive. And the bottom line is your mind is really powerful and you can also help yourself as much as you can. 
And even if that's just living a happier life every single day that you have, it's worth it for you because you never get those days back. So for me, it was always creating a mantra that I am happy, I am healthy. And I said it probably a thousand times a day while I was sick until I was happy and healthy. And I am also, you know, I continue to do that. So you got to stay on the bright side, put one foot in front of the other and knowledge because knowledge is power. 80% of breast cancer diagnoses are happening in, in not in teaching hospitals, not in rural, you know, in rural areas where there might be one oncologist that treats all kinds of cancers and not just breast cancer. So you got to be your own health CEO. You got to figure out what treatments are there for you. You can, there are um, ways to find out more information. We have a helpline. If you go to Coleman.org, you can find our helpline. We will help with that. We'll help you figure out what questions you need to ask so that you get the very best treatment. And the last part, which is, you know, really sort of relevant right now, probably more than it has been, is just the, the racial inequities. I mean, we've been we've been dealing with it and, and watching it for years and years in our um, African-American Health Equity Initiative that we've done that was way before any of the recent crisis that's been happening. This is the crisis that's been going on. We could stop about a third of the deaths that happen if we could just get people to the the care that exists today. It has really nothing to do with making another medical breakthrough. Just get people, get screening, get into treatment, get to people to the help that exists. And, you know, and we can help you with that at Komen. So, you know, there's that whole community side, right? So we have the community side, we have the research side. And then the third part for us is the advocacy side, huge advocacy organization. We've passed about nine to 10 Komen state-led bills for women's health in the last year. There's a tremendous amount to be said about women in pink with pitchforks. You know, you can make stuff happen. You can make stuff happen. I love it. Like, when do you think people should ultimately be getting tested? Well, it depends, right? Because is the status, it used to be 40, then it moved up to 50. I would be dead if I hadn't had a mammogram between 40 and 50. I can tell you that because I was in my 40s. First of all, know your own body. If you ever feel anything that is untoward or just, you know, you just feel something like I felt my own lump and I went, hmm, that doesn't feel right. And, you know, so you've got to be your biggest health advocate. And if you feel that there's any, if there's history in your family, you need to go earlier. You know, now it's right around 45, but, you know, I still think that women should probably be tested if there's any family history earlier than that, but you got to talk to your doctor and you got to have a good doctor. And if you don't have a good doctor, you have the opportunity to change your doctor. You know, make make sure you have medical help that listens to you and be loud and bossy. You can do that. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because a friend of mine caught her breast cancer very early. And I was like, what made you ultimately go in? And she said, you know, it's interesting. My dad actually was listening to somebody on a news segment talk about breast cancer. And he said, have you had a mammogram? I said, your dad said that to you? And she said, yes. And I went in and luckily they caught it very early. So I don't think it's just the individual's responsibility. Sometimes you need a little nudge. And this whole month of Breast Cancer Awareness Month is a nudge. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, the reason that it was started to begin with was so that women could go and had a time every single year that they scheduled their mammograms. 
And, you know, and it was Breast Cancer Awareness Month because originally when this organization was started, you know, nobody talked about their breasts. They couldn't even put, it was women's cancer. Ooh, okay. Breasts, boobies, whatever it is, go get them, go get them checked. Absolutely. And what percentage is men's breast cancer at this it's point? It's very low. I think it's like right around three, four percent, something right in that, that area, maybe slightly less than that. But, you know, men can get breast cancer too. And genetic testing is important, right? If you have a family history, if you're of Ashkenazi Jewish descent, you have a one in 40 chance of having of having the Baraka gene. If you are in gen pop, general population, you have about one in 350, right? So, you know, to me, again, this isn't Komen talking, this is Paula talking, but, you know, I think that genetic testing should become just part of what we do for, for healthcare. Yeah, Absolutely. So you talked about finding, you know, something that you were so interested in doing and so passionate that you almost talked them out of hiring you in many ways. And, but I think today when there's so many people that are being, you know, furloughed, I was on a CNBC segment the other day, and I guess women are 30% higher than they've ever been, you know, leaving the workforce. And what do you feel that you've gotten out of actually committing yourself to something that is doing such good for so many people. I mean, for people kind of looking for that next step and that next, you know, job, I mean, what recommendations would you give them? Yeah. And, you know, I think you and I are incredibly fortunate, right? Because we get to do something that we love and we get to help people along the way. You with, you know, your help with water and the ability to help people drink more water, which, you know, is a key to health. And for me, being in an organization that helps women with breast cancer, I think, you know, everyone is not going to be that lucky. But if you can do something that is for the greater good, then your lives are, are going to be more, more fulfilled and more complete. And at least I have found that. And, and I think I have a whole organization that has found that. That, you know, the, the more that you can do, it's interesting because, you know, there's there's all these studies on being happy and sense of community is really important. Wealth, once you're over the poverty level and all of that, it's not that important. But in general, doing something for the greater good is a very big component of being happy. So for me, you know, when I was getting burnt out, I could have sold one more pair of jeans to Bloomingdale's. No problem, you know. And I could have done it pretty effortlessly because I knew that back and forth. Instead, I embarked on something that was brand new. I trusted my gut. One of my best friends said to me, what the hell? Did you walk in there first day? What are you going to do? And I said, you know what? I don't know, but I'm going to listen and I'm going to figure it out because I believe that my skills are transferable. I'm not sure, but I believe it. You went from you know your finance background to this world, right? And your skill sets can be transferable and you got to trust your gut on that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that the other thing that you did was you tried. And, you know, as you and I have both talked about, it's like, if you don't ultimately go try something, then you won't know whether or not you're going to go you can do, it. do it or not. And I think that that is, you know, so critical. That's something that, you know, you weren't sure whether or not you would be successful at this, but you just thought, gosh, why not just go for it? So I think there'll be a lot of startups that happen in this time frame at a necessity, right? And the seismic shift of what people are doing and how they're doing it. So it'll be, you know, it's a horrific time for the world. And, you know, in so many ways, right? Because the division, you know, healthcare, the people being out of work, the sickness, the death, 
but you know, you have to find joy each day and try to figure out how you're going to make a little impact. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody had a question about communities and if somebody is kind of dealing with this, or I know you mentioned that you guys have a hotline that people can talk to somebody about, but I can't help but feel like community is something where like, it's just definitely knowing that you're not alone. Right. And and it's the definition of community, right? Is community that you live within the boundaries of Toledo, Ohio, or is community that you are part of this community of, of breast cancer survivors that live anywhere. And, you know, because working towards the more patient centered services and we don't care where you live and where you live should not determine whether you live. Right. Mm-hmm. So for us, community and, and being able to scale, because it's not easy to raise money in this environment either. Right. And that's how we live. That's how we, we exist. So we had to cut down on what is most important for us. You know, if you've ever been to one of our races and walks, nobody's getting together with 5000 of their closest friends right now. So, you know, that that hurts Coleman to not be able to do that. So we're, we're figuring out we're going to do the things that are most important to keep people in treatment. And to keep them, you know, on the path to recovery and to keep research going, that will help. And advocacy is also a way to do that, because if we, if there are government programs that help more and there's there's certain things that, you know, are just coming from the outside world and not in the medical world. They just seem so ludicrous to me. But, you know, now we're making a dent on all of those things that we feel that should just be, you know, use common sense here, people. Yeah, definitely. Well, and all the more reason why healthcare should be access to healthcare should be available that everybody should have. And, and I think access to health and access to healthcare should be available to everybody. So, well, Paula, this is awesome. And I so much appreciate everything that you've shared with us today. And I really do believe that so often people really want to know who's the person behind this brand that's it that they see out there. And I really wanted to. Well, there's know, about a million of us. Yeah. Well, but you're leading. I'm it. the leader of the band, but you yeah. know, it's, it's an incredible I, band worth of, full of people that are, are literally giving their, their time and treasure every day and volunteering for the organization, which is huge. You can volunteer in advocacy. You can, you know, you can volunteer so many different ways and, you know, obviously you can raise money for the organization. Like last year I had my birthday party and, you know, I raised a significant amount of money, more money than I think anyone would have spent on a birthday present for me, but you know what, it was great. So, you know, there are ways for, for people to get involved and, you know, and I hope that people take up the, the challenge, do something good. Yeah, definitely. Buy, buy hit water. Every case that you sell it means more money for our organization. So, you know, I mean, there are there are partners like you that are, you get something great and you give something great. Yeah, definitely. And I think you also feel great, right? About, you know, sort of what you're committing to and it's not that hard. It's not <laughs> like you're trying to do something that you don't appreciate already. So I, I think that that's definitely true. And you guys work, I mean, of course, I I would love everybody to support through Hint, but you also work with lots of other companies as well. And, you know, there's lots of different ways that you can ultimately support this. So this is really, really great. And ultimately do something, like I said, that you really feel is important. We have an amazing song that's coming out with top star talent this week. Next week, we'll be able to download it. And everybody should download our song. It's going to be called Pink and it's amazing. 
Oh, I love it. You know, I have one more question. I want to know where the pink ribbon emoji is. We've been, I've, I've had this conversation with many people. Why is there no, the traditional way of the pink ribbon? How do well, we make our, that? This is actually the running pink ribbon with the head on it. You know, because, okay. so, but you know, that's probably a really good question. <laughs> well, I, don't I, for you. I filled out an application for you to get a pink ribbon, but a few of my friends who are breast cancer survivors, I, I asked them and they said, oh no, there's, there's nothing in order to get the official emoji that you have to go here. And so I filled it out, but it would be <laughs> really you. great. Yeah, you're welcome. But I, I was wondering if you knew what the answer was. I don't know. No. So, okay. Well, we will definitely keep We're pushing. Done. We'll keep pushing for Komen and for Paula and Thank amazing. You. Yeah. And where do people find you, Paula, just in general on social? Well, let's see. I am at, I'm, I'm private almost everywhere except Twitter. Okay. And I think it's CEO at Komen. And uh, short of that. And you guys have a newsletter and Komen.org is like, you know, literally we have over 7 million people that come to our website each year. And wow. the reason that they do is not because it's, you know, like a fun time, right? You know, they're coming because they know someone or they are diagnosed with breast cancer and they're trying to help. And it is, it's a great way to get fact-based knowledge on what to do and what questions to ask. And then there are opportunities if, you know, you are going through it and you need treatment assistance, if you need money. There's a treatment assistance program that we we do where we help with monthly bills um, for different different sorts of things in, in your household. And, but it can be used literally for a lot of things. It's not just it's just so that we keep you in treatment. So we're here to help. And we have, you know, very knowledgeable people at our helpline. So you can you know, we, we serve thousands and thousands of people every year on our helpline that call to find out, you know, and we can give you help to answer all the questions that you have and to help you along this journey, because it does not have to be a death sentence. And it's not, you know, it is something that uh, we are working towards cures. I love it. So, well, thank you again. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll do this again very soon. So keep checking back with us. Thanks so much. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening.